0: you with us here on another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. It's me, Chris Sork, alongside D'Lo. We look back at K-State's 35-10 win over the uh, Kansas Jayhawks, marking the 13th straight win in the Sunflower Showdown for the Wildcats, and uh, really what was a dominating performance for the Wildcats uh, as they uh, as they go on a little bit of a three-game winning streak here uh, through the month of... Um, Now entering the month of November, getting kind of got hot there at the end of October, they look to keep it going this week against a team that's been a bit of a thorn in the Wildcats' side. That's the Western Virginia Mountaineers. They uh, they come to Manhattan for an eleven o'clock tussle on FS1. So Dillu, I want to welcome you in here. Oh, it's a pleasure. But you know, before we get too far into the uh, the KU game. I have to say, thirteen straight over KU. How
1: good does that feel? You know, it's it's great to be sipping uh, the bubbly from the Governor's Cup yet again for thirteen years in a row. Uh, our streak is now a teenager, and we couldn't be prouder.
0: Yeah, they're now. This is a, they're they're starting to
1: get very honorary. Yeah, uh, but this
0: is they're not they're not list, they're not
1: listening to us very very well. Anymore. They're cutting off. The sleeves to their T shirts and listening to Lana Del Rey That's what and starting doing. to rebel.
0: Yeah, well, hey, we were all there once, of course. We were all there once, but you know, it was a it was a workman like victory for the Wildcats. We're going to get more into that game here, but uh, you know, this game really K State did what we what we wanted to see. You know, got off to a great start. Uh, it really took any doubt of this game. You know, KC's got off to some slow starts and have had some, you know, kind of not very inspiring uh, starts to the game. But on, on Saturday against KU, uh, there was no doubt uh, who the better team was in case they took, you know, stranglehold that game early.
1: Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it was start to finish uh, pretty clear who the better team was. I mean, and, and really... For my view, and we'll talk about this more, but story of the day was just along the offensive line. Um, K-State was really doing whatever they wanted on the ground um, and ran all over the Jayhawks. And that was, I mean, you could tell after K-State's first drive that KU wasn't in the business of stopping K-State's run on Saturday. And that was, at that point, it's like, oh. Uh, you can put your concerns to rest because yep. K State's going to cruise in this one pretty easily.
0: Yep, absolutely. And and we're going to get into breaking down that KU game here in, in some good detail. But before we get onto that, I, I want to talk about our our friends over there at uh, Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, Manhattan Brewing Company is the title sponsor of the Short Side Option podcast. Uh, it's been a great partnership here with them. Uh, and Once we got uh, you know started with them, kind of <laughs> throughout the first couple games of the season. And I want to tell you a little bit about them. Uh, Manhattan Brewing Company is located in the the heart of downtown Manhattan at 406 Points Avenue. And uh, their motto over at Manhattan Brewing Company is simple. We brew beer for the people of Manhattan because that's who we are and
1: that's what we care about. That's it. That's all you have to say. Simple in its, uh, or poetic in its simplicity.
0: Absolutely. And you know, they have a tremendous selection of beers on tap. Uh, rolling out all sorts of uh, seasonal beers here as we, we get into uh, the fall and uh, winter months here coming around the corner. Uh, so there's going to be something for anybody uh, at Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, Manhattan Brewing Company provides high-quality ca- craft beer in a family-friendly atmosphere. You're able to enjoy views of downtown Manhattan as you sip on some of their classics like the Townie, uh, a Wheat Brew with Citra Hops, or the Conservation Kolsch a light in color, and body beer with a slightly fruity aroma and taste. So whether if you're looking for a place to watch the Wildcats play football, maybe watch the Wildcats play some basketball, hmm? with basketball season now getting underway, or you're just looking uh, you know, for a place to go uh, catch up with some friends over a few beers, Manhattan Brewing Company is just the spot for you. That's Manhattan Brewing Company, folks, at 406 Points Avenue in Manhattan. So... Uh, of course, you know I'm sure lots of people were, were popping their heads into Manhattan Brewing Company over the weekend. Beautiful weekend to be outside. Oh by yeah. The, way. the the patio, uh, we, we at Manhattan Brewing Company, I'm sure was getting a lot of a um, lot of use. Beautiful weekend uh, to be to be in Manhattan and uh, and being outside and being around. Uh, of course, check them out uh, when you're in town this weekend for the game. So. Wanted to, uh, to touch on that, but let's go ahead and dive in here to the football game. You know, K-State, first drive of the game, uh, they go down, and uh, after forcing a KU punt uh, on their, on KU's first drive after they got the ball, K-State goes right down, scores. Eight plays, 72 yards, took about 445 off the clock. And, you know, we, we called Deuce, Brown, or Deuce Vaughn's uh, name throughout the day uh, with three touchdowns. You know, this was maybe his most complete game from a catching, uh, from a receiving standpoint, and also the explosive plays on the ground.
1: Yeah, I mean, any time you put up uh shoot, I mean, 230 yards of uh, catching and, and running as a, as a running back, that's, that's a pretty healthy day. I mean, uh, and the thing is, Deuce could have had a lot more yards. I mean, he only had 11 carries. Yeah. Went for 160 um Many of which coming on that uh, long eighty yard run, he had to start the second half. But nonetheless, uh, even taking that off, he's he's running uh, ten carries for six for eighty yards. Yeah. Um. And so just like I said, I mean, it was it was just a game that was decided by K State being able to dominate the line of scrimmage, and and we saw that early and often on Saturday. You know. KU, uh,
0: on that for, on their first drive, they, they punt. On their second drive, they get going a little bit. They get a field goal and, uh, you know, cut the lead to 7-3. Now, I thought there were two huge plays to the game. And I'm going to talk about the uh, deep ball to, to Malik Knowles from Skylar Thompson. At that point, I think you could... And I don't want to, you know. Obviously, that puts K State ahead fourteen to three. The Jayhawks would not go on to score fourteen points, so you could say that was the kind of the deciding score in some in, in retrospect. But I thought that play pretty much told the story that K State wasn't going to have a whole lot of trouble on Saturday, uh, as we we didn't expect K State to have much trouble. But you know that made it, it, it pretty apparent, at least to me. K State was going to be able to do what they want in the passing game, uh, to be able to go deep like that. And you know, it was was one on one coverage. Malik Knowles was able to kind of get behind the the secondary, make a nice catch, and and scoot in for the end zone. But when I saw that, you know, not only did after the first drive that we just kind of you know methodically move the ball down there, uh, and then to be able to hit him a quick strike on that one, I thought it was like. It's apparent to me that uh, that KU not going to be able to keep up and, and really have much resistance for K State's offense.
1: Yeah, it was the smoothest our offense has looked really since the Stanford game. I feel like yeah, where, uh, where... I would think that's a probably well. And you
0: know, at, at times against uh, TCU, they looked you know pretty darn, uh, pretty darn complete, pretty darn well oiled. But I agree. I think the Stanford game, K State came out and. And executed right away. Of course, a turnover on that first on the first drive, but came out and executed really well. And I think you saw a lot of that on on Saturday against KU.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those situations where everything's working, um, and really, that's that what we saw on Saturday is what the Courtney Messingham offense is supposed to look like. And you know, obviously, there's a lot of offenses that are going to look good against KU's defense. But what we saw on Saturday was a game where K State had the better athletes in the trenches. And there was a decided advantage for the K-State side. And they had the best player on the field with Deuce Vaughn. And when that's the case, it opens up a lot. Because no matter what KU did, they couldn't stop the run. And they were devoting a ton of attention and a ton of resources to it on the defensive side. And we saw in the second drive exactly what you said, where on first down, uh, KU is stops Deuce Vaughn for a shortest game of the day to that point, two yards. And on second down, you know play action fake where the offensive line uh, really gives Skyler a ton of time in the pocket. Skyler yeah. steps up a little bit, uh, buys himself some more time and then throws a it to the open space well probably forty yards downfield from Elite Knowles, who makes a pretty easy catch and is able to to waltz into the end zone. And so yeah. but it's all a product of the K-State running game and the attention Deuce Vaughn gets and that's compounded by uh, the offensive line just dominating. And that's where it starts is just being able to pave lanes in the running game. And if you can do that, it opens up not only the run, but it's going to open up those long routes for um, Malik Knowles too.
0: Well, you you mentioned K-State's success on the ground. You know, 30 carries for 242 yards over 8 yards a carry. I mean, that's obviously buoyed by uh, Deuce Vaughn, uh, Deuce Vaughn's 80-yard touchdown run, but nonetheless, a a very consistent approach uh,
1: with what k was doing on the ground. But and what's interesting about that is that Skylar Thompson not a part of that equation nope. at all. No, that was done in a true pro-style uh, sort of um, system, where it's those those runs were coming to running backs and. Uh, Wide receivers on jet yeah. sweeps a little more rarely, but with Deuce Vaughn and Joe Irvin are combining for um, over 220 yards, that's th- there's not going to be very many games that K State loses in, in that scenario.
0: No, and in, in Skyler Thompson, super efficient at the quarterback position 19 of 24, 244 yards a touchdown. I mean, that's yeah. that's uh, you know, you look at his performance when you're evaluating it and when you're studying it, you, you look at it and you say. Yeah, it was kind of a nondescript performance. And then you look at the stats and say, "Wow, 19 of 24, 250 yards passing, no touchdown or one touchdown, no interceptions." You take that every day of the week, of
1: course. And and that's that, that's another beautiful part of what we saw on Saturdays is that Skylar could have had more. I mean, oh he yeah, had, he had uh, at least two misfires that would have. Um, well, there was the overthrow to Deuce. There was, I believe, an overthrow to Garber. He fired one past. Um, I almost said Andre McDonald, but, um, it's my guy, your guy, number 19, Sammy Wheeler. Yeah. Um, but it, so it was a a day where Thompson wasn't perfect and, um, had some, maybe not brutal, uh, overthrows, but certainly ones that he can make and having those, you know, kind of glaring misses, and still finishing the day as efficient as he did is a, a testament to the rest of his performance and the overall dominance of the offense.
0: You know, the other thing, too, I want to mention with the uh, the K-State offense, you know, because I don't, I don't know if we necessarily need to go through each, you know, uh, possession here of the game, but uh, one thing I did want to mention, got a lot of guys that got some action in, you know, at, at the receiver position. Uh, of course, you know, the guys the 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 normal cast of characters, Malik Knowles of course with the long touchdown pass, Cade Warner, a couple uh nice receptions. Uh but you're also seeing folks like uh, RJ Garcia get his first action a- as a wildcat and he he had a had his first catch uh in purple um on Saturday. You know, it, it's good to be able to get uh some experience. And of course with the the red shirt rule that, that has taken place here, uh, the change in that rule that has taken place here where, you know, you're able to get four games in. Uh, you know, this is allows folks to, well, one, allows fans to get a chance to see some of these guys. One, it also, two, that's number one. Two is that it gives these guys some incentive to keep practicing and, and yeah. keep going through because it gets to be a long season. I mean, these guys have been going at it since, you know, early part of August uh, it, with fall camp and, of course, even on before that. It's a grind. Uh, but to be able to get some game action, and I don't know what the number of plays that R.J. Garcia got, but he was, you know, in and around uh, the action a little bit. Like, you know, I, I saw him over there on the sideline, you know, with, with sitting behind the K-State bench. You know, he's kind of right there in that next group of, of people to, you know, whether uh, for substitutions. So he was involved in the game. Even if he wa- wasn't playing, yeah. you know, 30, 40 snaps necessarily, he's, you know, out there and he's he's, you know, being ready. Uh, so fun to uh, fun to see a, a bunch of different guys. Not R.J. Garcia is one guy that had kind of stuck out to me just because of the. Uh, yeah, he's got a little bit of buzz around him as a wide receiver. Yeah, uh, no, K-State. I think
1: I think he and Garber at this point seem like they're the future at the position for K State. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see if uh, Jalen Travis gets in the mix at some point once he gets healthy or, or whatever is kind of hamstringing him up. But uh, as of now, it, it seems like. Garber and uh, RJ Garcia are uh, what K State's going to be looking forward to uh, seeing at the wide receiver position over the next three or four years. Let's talk K State's defense.
0: Daniel Green led the Wildcats tackles with eight, five of which were solo, two and a half tackles for loss. Thought he played really well. You know, what you see from Daniel Green is, you you know, in terms of, of, of what. He brings the table in terms of athleticism at, at the linebacker position. Probably the most athletic linebacker we've had maybe since Arthur Brown. Fair to yeah, say? Yeah,
1: no, I, I totally agree. He's a guy who covers a lot of space. and yeah, uh, you know, He's
0: he's not as quick as Arthur Brown, probably, sideline to sideline. But he's at least, you know, probably the most comparable to Arthur Brown. I don't know if it's a great comparison in terms of the players they they are, but he does have some of that speed that uh, that Arthur Brown did possess uh, for K State. Yeah,
1: he's kind of that new age linebacker. That's it's not the prototypical run plugger, but is a guy who can cover a lot of space. Uh, he's pretty lengthy. Not necessarily the greatest tackler of all time, but he'll get there and yeah. it, a decent chance he makes a tackle. But I there's there's something about Daniel Green coming on a blitz that uh, is pretty fun to watch because he really explodes into the backfield.
0: Well, and that's the other thing too, is I do think that I've noticed improvement from him in terms of not only just tackling, I've noticed he's gotten a little bit better there. The thing I'm more impressed with him is I think he's really playing he's playing fast. And what I mean by that is he's taking smart angles and it's because he's in the right position. He knows what he's looking for, he's reading his keys, and he's, you know, a good enough athlete to finish the play. And uh you know, I think he's playing at an all-conference caliber level. Will he, you know, be a, a first team or second team All Big Twelve? I don't know. But in terms of what he's playing at, in terms of the, the caliber of his play, I think he's certainly you know worthy of, of consideration for those honors.
1: Yeah, and and he's the the strides that he has taken in the off season and really throughout this season too, because there was a a couple games there where. He looked like he'd kind of regressed to his level that he was at last season, but these last few games he's really shown a maturity level um, that he didn't really possess, just in terms of being in the right spot and finishing plays.
0: Well, and, and you know, I go back to him being able to to trust his eyes, read his keys, all that stuff, to that to let him play a little bit faster. I was really worried that after his uh, initial two targeting calls, that it might take him out of you know, yeah. that, that, that mindset. And you know, I think he's been playing some of his best football this season. So happy to see that. Another guy that, you know, when you talk about K-State's defense, uh, yeah, you have to uh, uh, mention King Felix. Uh, Felix Anaduke Azami adding another sack to uh, the tally for, for King Felix. That is sack... Number 8 on the season. According to some outlets. According to the official numbers, real ones know that's number 10. So, uh, for for Felix, gosh, I mean, in your, in your wildest dreams, you probably didn't say this is a guy <laughs> that's going to have double-digit sacks in the season. Uh, now you just wonder, through these final three
1: games, how high can he run that number up? Yeah, I mean, it, it, he takes over another game like he did against TCU, and he's got some opportunities here. I think uh, that number could get uh, well into the double digits. He, he,
0: you know, I think with what KU was trying to do a lot uh, in, in their offensive game plan, it was it was a lot of getting the ball out pretty quick and, and not really giving a, you know, Uh, you know, a traditional five, seven-step drop for it. They were trying to get the ball out quick and and get the ball out of, well, the three quarterbacks
1: that played. Uh, They're getting the ball out of their hands. Whoever happened to be a uh, playing quarterback at a particular time. Yeah,
0: getting the ball out of their hands and and playing that quick game a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's also a product of maybe what KU wants to do offensively. But I think that there's also saying, hey, 91, we can't block him. Uh, let's let's get that ball out uh, before he has a chance to uh, to hit our quarterback. And you know, K State had had success getting to the quarterback, and in, in terms of you know only one sack on the day, but uh, they were in the back the, the Jayhawk backfield uh, early and often on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and and you're right. That is what KU wants to do because, well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Office Jason. Blind, just well, <laughs> yeah, Jason beans a little bit better out of the pocket anyway. Uh, that offensive but,
0: line cannot hang.
1: No, the offensive line just can't hang, and that's uh, that's not the best spot for an offensive coordinator to try to operate in. But you do what you got to do, and we saw it on Saturday. Now, nonetheless, um, K State did get their licks in on on the KU quarterbacks, yeah. and and did uh, get some pressure on there, and took, as you mentioned, I at one point injuring. Um, Three different quarterbacks. Yeah. I think. I think all three of their quarterbacks left the game at some point. Well, yeah. The and, stinger. You
0: know, I was looking. I, I know that there was kind of some question about the availability going forward. Uh, as the uh, as the Jayhawks go out to uh, the 40, 40 Acres uh, this weekend uh, down in Austin, I, I, I don't know. It's gonna be. It's a little bit of a mash unit right now in the uh, in the KU quarterback room.
1: Yeah, um, it's not what you want. But uh, with an offensive line like that, uh, there's there's just not a whole lot you can do um, to, to avoid it because they, they try to ride guys like Devin Neal uh, and they did on Saturday too. Uh, Neal got 19 yeah, carries. And,
0: you know, he was a guy that of course K State was after, and you know, multi-sport guy. I you know he I you can see he has some talent. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. I just don't know how much room he's going to have to run uh, here for the next several years.
1: Yeah, and they're going to they're going to use him as the workhorse and kind of the the bell cow of the offense over Lawrence, but without an offensive line or a, a functional quarterback, uh, it's pretty one dimensional and uh, going to be pretty uh, pretty tough sledding for uh, the young man from Lawrence, Kansas.
0: You know, let's talk. Let's kind of wrap up here on the defense. Uh, Reggie Subblefield uh, is a guy that cont- continues to, to catch my eye a- as a guy who really brings a certain level of energy and effort to this defense. He left the game uh, for, for a few plays early on uh, as he was kind of slow getting up, uh, but you know, with with what he provides to to the to the defense, you know, at his size, I mean, not real big opposed you know, guy, but he plays much bigger than that. Continue to be impressed with him.
1: Yeah. Um, what can you say about subs? He's, we, we called him Jared Cooper last week, and um, I, I think that it's, it's a fair comparison just because he's uh, kind of a wild man. Yeah, I'm not comparing
0: him to Jared Cooper in terms well, of... Well, I am.
1: You are? Yeah. I don't know if that's a very good comparison D Will. Um, but I, I really like Reggie Stubblefield. I, I'm sad that he's not going to be with us longer. But he's a guy who's got some pretty good range and is a, I think he's a dynamite nickel. Yeah. Um. And, who, and like who's gonna be the backup? And nickel?
0: it's it's the most important position possibly in football.
1: Well, it's it's a uh, it's a position that that can be a bit of a Swiss Army knife in terms of coverage and, and run support. But uh, I think Reggie's played it great this year. Yeah. Um, and if if our defense had a couple more of these double fields on it, I, I think would be well off for it but um, yeah an- another good day I was I was a little worried when he went down because of course who's going to play nickel yes
0: uh, a, a a question we all ask ourselves now I have to ask another uh, uh, well it, it's not really a question it's just more like this is an observation that it, it's kind of puzzling to me mm-hmm. Tate and Winkle retiring odd or what we hardly knew you but Chris Tennant, who I like as a kicker, now he did miss a a chippy. He banged that one. Yeah, but he, I mean, that thing's still, that, that upright is, is still Bonging. pulsating. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, I think he'll be good. But that was kind of an odd story to see, right? I mean, like, he had some injuries that were, you know, that caused, caused him to retire. That's uh,
1: You know, I think he just never got over the Iowa State game. He had the... Did have a big miss? Yeah, big miss in that one. I think he shanked an extra point too, and he did. And you know, but nonetheless, that's a guy that I think we'll all look back fondly on his time here in about six or seven years as a yeah. Wildcat legend, no question. And uh, he'll be immortalized that way. But um, yeah, kind of an, an kind odd situation. Kind of an odd situation, yeah. right? Yeah. I you, mean, you but... don't usually see uh, guys who are getting that much playing. What are you, a freshman.
0: Uh, I think he might be a sophomore, maybe. Well, but young
1: guy, yeah, young guy. Plenty I mean, of plenty of football in front of him. Yeah, he's a kicker. Well, and and like,
0: I don't know the extent of his injuries. Yeah, so, me I mean, neither. But um, uh, but uh, you know, uh, kind of an odd story. But hey, that's uh, Chris Tennant's job uh, now here as the kicker, and you know I think uh, I feel pretty comfortable with him uh, as a kicker. And well, I
1: think he's got as good of a, a fi- the a future, as any kicker. the yeah. state's ever had. So. Uh, very,
0: very highly valued kicker. You know, we we that's we hit on I think last week. Yeah. So, um, that that was one thing I wanted to be sure to highlight here because that's kind of a change going forward for K State that you're going to see throughout these next uh, four games. Now you can say four because you have three regular season and another one in the bowl game uh, here as as K State gets to six wins. Dilo, I'm I think this kind of covers it for the K State side of things. Unless there's anything else you wanted to add. I wanted to get your perspective, too. I mean, this is your first chance to see KU up close and personal. You know, there's been so much talk about, you know, the really centering around the the Oklahoma game for KU as to where, oh, well wow, this team is certainly improving. You know, maybe if you squint hard enough, maybe you can see some of that. But there there was really not a situation uh, that I saw, at least during the game on Saturday, where, you know, I mean, KC could do whatever they wanted offensively. And they they weren't really going to be able to slow uh slow the Wildcats down there. Um, where where do you kind of assess where KU is at, at in terms of their program in terms of the rebuild? I, I think it's uh you know obviously in the beginning stages of course, uh, but I think Lance Lightbulld's got got a long way to go.
1: Um yeah, I they're obviously terrible. They're <laughs> that, right. that, great analysis. That team on Saturday is is bad is. Any KU team I've ever seen,
0: I don't think so. Um, I don't think there is. There, there are worse ones. Um, 2015
1: is the the gold standard. All well, right. I don't know. I mean, I, I think. <laughs> I, think I do know that I, seems awful. I well, you were at the game on Saturday. I mean, yeah. the the final score kind of masks the complete dominance uh, the K State showed on Saturday, and that's partly because you yeah, had both teams just. Running slow. Yeah,
0: and, and I don't think you know Casey. What they could, we could have scored maybe some more. But there's, I mean, I also didn't really care to have. We got we got Will Howard playing time. I would have liked to have him have another series out there. Sure. But that's nitpicky. But, I just didn't want to have, especially with kind of. The, and we'll get to that maybe. But go ahead.
1: But but my point is, is that, I mean, Katie's first drive was what like seven eight seven plays. Yeah, fourth down conversion. Yeah, um, go,
0: them going for it on fourth down. That early on on their on their fourth play of the game, going for it inside their own thirty yard line or own thirty five yard line. I liked it. Kind of. It was <laughs> yeah. like, last yeah, of let's, let's just let's just rip this bandaid off now, baby.
1: Yeah, but I, but I mean it. My point is is that's a seven play, fifteen yard drive that lasted five minutes. Yeah, and so this game was flew by. Yeah, I, I don't know total plays here, but. So KU ran um, 59 plays. K-State ran 57 plays. And that yep. is low. Yep. Um, you, you don't really see too many college games where both teams are running fewer than 60. Um, and so, from my view, it was just a complete domination. Yeah. Um, and one that was, practically speaking, worse than 25 points. Um, so, so, how bad is KU? Like I said, they're, I think they're as bad as any team I've ever seen in Lawrence. I mean, this looks like a team that's scraped by uh, Southern or South Dakota and has not covered in a single Big 12 game except for one. And they're terrible. Now, they were always going to be terrible because they brought in a new coaching staff after after spring, spring ball. ball. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. that was the problem. I mean, that was something that was recognizable at the time. I mean, this the season the 2021 season was going to, was always going to be a disaster for KU. Yeah. Um, and so that's what makes this job for Lance Leipold so tough, is that he was destined to win, to lose 11 or more games this year. And they scraped by South Dakota, uh, very easily could have lost that game, and then wrap it up, boys. <laughs> that's, yeah. We're done winning this year. And, and so the story for him is going to be how he can react to that much... Um that that much chaos in his first twelve months and, and yeah. that level of uh just getting blown out week after week, except for O. U. Yeah. Uh for the better part of the season. And so we'll uh, we'll see what kind of uh what kind of reaction he can have and, and because maintaining a program uh after a one in eleven season ain't easy. And especially yeah. when that program's been such a joke for so long. Um, whether he really has it in him to, to get this program off the mat and put something resembling a competent football team out there. Uh, because we didn't see it on Saturday. Yeah. And I'm... I- I think he's got a long way to go if he wants to get there by uh, the beginning of next year.
0: You know, I, I, I don't disagree with a word of that. But I do think that uh, he does have... he. I believe this is maybe the most competent coach that's been in Lawrence uh, in, in some time. Uh, we'll see what happens for him, but he's got a lot of work to do. Maybe he's the most competent, or, but or maybe not. Maybe not. Like, like, time will tell, probably. Like
1: but. There have been coaches that have won three games yeah. in Lawrence. Jazz won,
0: won three, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Les did, and I believe uh, Les.
0: Yeah, he did win three. Yeah,
1: and I I believe David Beatty had a season where he won three, and so, um, we'll see. He's 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 got a couple more games to, uh, to try to get that elusive second win. Um, it's not going to get a whole lot easier for him here. No, you know that. Uh, although he has, um, TCU in West Virginia, I, it's going to be hard to win down in Austin uh, because I think. John Robinson's going to run for shoot, possibly 300 yards on as Saturday. many as he wants. So. Yeah, and so, um, but the TCU game—they'll be probably less than 20 point underdogs in that one, maybe more. Um, certainly less than 30 in West Virginia. I think they'll certainly be less than 30 there too. And so, there's some games that they'll <laughs> have maybe a two percent chance yeah. of winning here. So, yeah.
0: Well, you know. One other thing I want to mention on, on KU, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here for the KU review. I'm just going to tee you up. Gavin Potter, thoughts? I mean,
1: the worst player he
0: is. He's not any good, it is like the thing too, but he gets a lot of playing time. He, well, yeah. I mean, not and a that's, lot the, of that. that's
1: the problem of being a semi heat recruit and going to Kansas. Because you are going to play as a freshman. And recruits like that sometimes. They like to say, oh, great, early playing time. When really, it's kind of what we saw with Will Howard. I don't know if last year helped Will Howard at all. I don't know if it helped his development. When really somebody that young in that important of a position, and linebacker is a pretty important position, you're thrust into action that quick, and you're having to go through the weekly grind of not only the physical... Getting banged up, and you're not only losing the time where you can really be kind of studying and learning and being mentored. Well, and just
0: getting and just getting
1: adjusted to life in college
0: more than anything. Yeah, yeah that I too. Mean,
1: yeah, but you're also in in um in Gavin Potter's case, you're also getting embarrassed.
0: Oh, on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, and so it. it you're sure you're getting playing time. You're seeing the bullets fly, and you're you're understanding the speed of a yeah. big twelve game, but maybe it's better for your overall development to be sitting back and kind of observing and lifting and not having to spend the week in the ice bath. Yeah, Um, only to go... Only to go... Get another 60 snaps and do it again next week. dinged up again next week and get humiliated again next week. And so, no, Gavin Potter is is terrible. He's possibly the worst starter on any Big 12 offense or defense. Um, But... An abysmal game on Saturday and an embarrassing flop. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I the, the late hit. It's whatever. I mean, yeah. it bang bang. But the flop afterwards is the uh, was the really egregious. Yeah, that was
0: well. And then he was kind of you know on on a uh, Ben Sinnott's, uh run in uh, from the one yard line. You know, cu- he you know trying to go after the ball and, and all that. So I I don't did think that was like a you know, egregious necessarily, no. but that kind of got the ball rolling, I guess, for the rest of the afternoon in terms of uh, kind of his involvement in the, in the action. But well, he
1: was on the wrong side of a couple of uh, pretty devastating blocks. Uh, I know, Revis uh, pushed him over and laid on him and introduced himself. <laughs> and, and greeted him. Yeah, and then I, I believe it was your boy Sammy Wheeler on another one. Uh, I think that was on the Malik Knowles jet sweep. Oh, yeah. Where he caught him out in space and just took his legs out. But, um, I I think it's another week in the ice bath uh, healing up after uh, really just getting tossed around in another blowout for Gavin Potter, which he's become uh, kind of accustomed to uh, throughout his career in Lawrence. Yeah.
0: Well, d anything else you want to mention here on on, uh, the KU game here as we wrap it up?
1: No. Memorial Stadium's still a dump. Um, It's the first time you and I had been, well, it's the first time i have been back there in uh, the better part of a decade. But um, he's... Uh, it's... I'm trying to remember the last time I was there. Yeah, probably
0: 2011, I think, actually it was. I went... Well, yeah, no. Wait a minute. 2010, we played in Lawrence. And, in and 2011. 2011. Yeah, that's right, because the, the additions to yes. the conference. So that's why I was having some mental gymnastics there. Yeah, I was there for 2011. Yeah. yeah also an 11 o'clock game. Hey, by the way... Actually, never mind. I'm going to catch this for the West Virginia. Go ahead.
1: Continue. No, that's it. It's That's my parting shot there for the KU game. Well,
0: a dominating win for the Wildcats. They run up over 500 yards. Uh, Outgain KU. Uh, 504 to 274. Uh, I believe was the official number after a stat correction there. I think they we got credit for an extra four yards. I don't know quite how that happens. Hey, like give that. me all four of those. They're all five of those or three of those or whatever it was. But K State runs it up runs it up for five hundred yards. Uh, they handled the Jayhawks thirty-five to ten winning their thirteenth straight governor's cup. And uh, you know what Stan Weber always says? He says winning a Lawrence is extra sweet. One because you beat your you know you beat your rival on their home turf. But you know that you, you you got one kind of in the bag next year because you're playing them at home, yeah.
1: And, and uh, you have that kind of in your back pocket. So, well, and finally, icon. I don't want to sound the alarm bells, but we got another pattern this season. The in in Chris Kleiman's you know,
0: three seasons at the helm for for Kansas State. The level of symmetry. And each of those seasons, it's oh, quite frankly frightening. It's pretty.
1: It's pretty wild.
0: It's quite frankly fr- frightening. And we'll get to. We'll get to. You know what that pattern might look like here, but uh, before we uh, before we get into the West Virginia uh, preview, it's time to talk about our friends at Manhattan Brewing Company again. How does that sound? I, it sounds great. You know, in addition to uh, the great uh, beer. And uh, atmosphere they have over at Manhattan Brewing Company. They're also hosting uh, a myriad of different events throughout the week. Uh, they've got uh, you know all sorts of things going on, which you're able to find at their website, which is www.mhkbeer.com. They've got, I, I believe I was looking the other day. They've got uh, a uh, like a namaste, some like yoga. at The brewery. Oh, how about that? You pliable, Dilo? Uh,
1: nah. Not as much as I used to be. Yeah,
0: you know, maybe you can, you know, maybe after a few uh, conservation cultures, you'll start loosen up up a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, maybe that's the way it is. But, uh, you know, you can follow them on Instagram at Manhattan Brewing and on Twitter at Manhattan Brew. So you can stay up to date on all of those events. uh, At their their website, www.mhkbeer.com, you're also able to purchase items through their shop, such as t shirts and hats, as well as tickets to those upcoming events uh, and, and parties that they have scheduled. So uh, their motto over at Manhattan Brewing Company uh, is simple. We brew beer for the people of Manhattan because that's what we are and that's who we care about. Uh, go down there, ha- have a couple beers, and, and, uh, either before or after the game, as K-State uh, welcomes West Virginia to town on what should be a beautiful fall afternoon uh, or fall morning, actually. Kicking it off at 11 a.m. Yeah. Uh, on FS1 in this game as the Wildcats take on uh, the Mountaineers. Of course, you can sneak on down. If you don't have a ticket, you can sneak on down to Manhattan Brewing Company and watch it. I know they'll have it on. Uh, So let's go ahead and and talk about West Virginia here, D'Lo. Let's do it. Okay, before we get started on this, Kansas State plays their next two games against West Virginia and against Baylor on FS1. Do you know what K State's record on FS1 is this season? Um.
1: Well, I know we played. Uh, it's three zero. Okay, oh. they have not lost. Texas on FS1. Christian was on FS1. No, that was on the Deuce. That was on ESPNU. That was on ESPNU. So Stanford. Stanford was on FS1. Uh, KU, Kansas, Texas Technical. In Texas Tech.
0: That's three wins for the Wildcats. Yeah,
1: like a, keep us on FS1. Keep baby. us
0: on. Why, yeah, how about that? He's got the, the
1: call on Saturday. I huh?
0: You know, that's a good question. I I don't think it's Timmy B. Unfortunately.
1: That's nah, too bad. He doesn't you know he job.
0: people people really don't like Tim brand. Right? I know it's, it, 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 it. It's upsetting to me. I, I I'm a big time Timmy B fan. We should have Tim Brando uh, as a guest sometime. We should. He'd be happy to uh, to pop on with us. I mean, he's a he's a guy who you know he's an institution when it comes to uh, the the
1: college football landscape. Well, he's. I feel like he's kind of the taking the torch from Dave Lapham Is kind of that Fox Big Twelve guy. Um, yeah, between. Uh, Knox and, and Lapham and that whole crew back on Joel the, Myers. Yeah, Joel Myers Joel back Myers. with FSN. Um, so I, I feel like he's kind of the modern day uh, version of those guys. And uh, it'd be... I'd love to have him on.
0: Yeah, Tim Brandon does a hell of a job. Yeah. yeah we're, we're big fans of Timmy B. Um, and as soon as these game notes here, as I'm kind of trying to stall a little bit... By the way, while we're recording, folks, I just want to give you a, a little bit of an insight here. Uh, into the short side option studio this week. We, we're grinding. We've got our computers out. We've got K State basketball here. As K Salt Miguel has a, you know, top of the key three pointer to extend K State's lead to eight. But of course, Over, you all
1: you all already know that because yes. you're in the future.
0: But uh, you know a a pesky Rattler squad today. Uh, the Wildcats. What's well,
1: a tournament team we're facing?
0: Yeah, they'll be wearing they'll be wearing. They're they're darker colored Probably
1: darker colors in the tournament, but the, that's
0: uh, that's. But for the conference tournament, maybe white. Now, as as my as my internet gets going here, we've got Eric Collins on the play by play, and uh, Robert Smith, um, as the um as the analyst, Robert Smith, of course, of Ohio State greats.
1: Yeah. Kind of, the team, kind of the B team, kind of the team for FS1. Yeah,
0: but that's hey, okay, that's all right. Hey, you keep the cats on FS1; we keep winning. That's right, and we're happy to. As long as the cats are winning, I
1: put us on fs whatever teams, want FS1's to. buying stock in K State, and K State's that.
0: That's a and that's a network you want to attach yourself to. Yeah,
1: the fine folks over there at FS1. So,
0: uh, anyway, K State, as we've mentioned here, there seems to be a pattern developing. Win three, lose three, win three. Wow, what happens please, when these back Please, please, on, let's not, let's please, not. Let's get
1: one or two or three of these. Come on,
0: man! Like yeah. I don't
1: want to. I don't want to lose these three. That would kind of put a. We're all feeling kind of optimistic, a little bit sunny about these cats right now, six and three. But man, yeah, losing expect- expect- three in a row would be uh, take some yeah, uh, of you the know, shine it, off.
0: It would put. I mean, obviously, Case State finishes the finishes. Uh, you know, the season, let's say... Well, here, I'm going to back up. K-State's now 6-3. and three, bowl, clinch, Clinching bowl eligibility. Uh, which, you know, I have to be honest with you. The win total was 5.5 of the season. That felt pretty easy, right? Yeah. But but there were things... You saw kind of why maybe that line was set at 5.5. When you see K-State lose their, their three ga- games to start non-conference... Things should have gone south in a hurry. Uh, I mean, let's call it like it is. And I mean, things aren't looking good against Texas Tech. And the Felix Anaduke Azama safety might be the play when you look back at the season and what happens in these next three games for K State against uh, West Virginia Baylor in closing up the season, the regular season uh, on the road in Austin against Texas. You can look back, at the, there's still plenty of football to be played this season. But you might be able to look back at that uh, at that play and say, you know, this is really kind of what saved the season for the Wildcats.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we haven't had a ton of mega competitive games this year. I mean, we've, we've, we're nine games in so far. Uh, really, the Southern Illinois game was pretty competitive. Texas Tech. Texas Tech was pretty competitive. I mean, you could say uh, you Oklahoma. Could, you could squint and say Oklahoma was. But uh, even so, I mean... Yeah, actually, really? Oklahoma was competitive.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were never down by more than like two touchdowns, uh, throughout. And we, you know, we were keeping it,
1: keeping it interesting. I think weren't we down by seventeen at one point? Uh, maybe, maybe we did get down.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, we were down by, yeah, yeah,
1: 17. it was 34-17 at one point. I think okay. all that to say is, yeah. uh, the Texas Tech game was by far the most competitive, uh, yeah. game K State played against a Big Twelve foe, and you're absolutely right. I mean that losing four in a row would have been... Uh, the wheels would have felt like they were starting to fall yeah, off like a little it, bit. Yeah,
0: like the lug nuts are... They're, they're
1: loose. I and mean, we were ready to fire climbing after Iowa State.
0: Yeah, you wanted his butt canned.
1: Yeah, and, and losing... Dropping one to, uh, to Texas Tech uh, would have been really tough to swallow. Um, of course, that didn't happen, and um, Matt Wells is now uh, looking for a job. And... Um, K-State is two games down the road feeling pretty good about where we sit as a team this year, um, but still got some road ahead of us, starting with West Virginia.
0: Well, let's get down to the Mountaineers, you know, let's start the quarterback position.
1: Who's it going to be? going to be Jared Dagey, probably. You know, I've, I've heard that, and then I've kind of heard some people saying that they didn't think, uh, it was going to be him after all. Garrett Green instead? Uh, some rumblings. I don't know how loud they are, but I know that, uh... Well, Jared dagie has been a little hot and cold this year, <laughs> more cold than hot. Yeah, uh, I mean, l- well, let's look
0: back at like what, how West Virginia comes into this game. West Virginia's had an interesting season too, really a tough schedule for them as they started out, you know, in terms of a non-conference schedule. K State's was one of the tougher non-conference schedules, but they had West Virginia started off on the road at Maryland, a game they probably should have won, and then they they upset uh, Virginia Tech at home. Uh, in their non-conference. So, I mean, having two P5 games in the non-con, that's a bit of a rarity, uh, typically. But they they start off the season, uh, you know, 2-1 out of the non-con. They feel probably okay with that. That's probably what they expected. But they start off with a pretty tough stretch of football games. They start off um, on the road at Oklahoma. They, they lose a, a heartbreaker there, a game they should have won against the Sooners they drop one to Texas Tech they drop one to Baylor and then they rebound they they uh, uh, they beat uh, TCU in, in pretty convincing fashion and uh, they beat uh, Iowa State in, in a big upset uh, that really kind of got maybe things you, you were thinking hey uh, Neil Brown at West Virginia is finally kind of hitting his stride and, and 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 they're on their way here a little bit but then last week, I, okay, so my view of West Virginia is seeing them at their absolute worst. The only two games I've really watched them play in totality the Baylor game, where they just got absolutely outclassed in that game. Yeah. A, a complete, they got completely outclassed in that one. And then uh, against Oklahoma State, uh, I was able to rewatch that game uh, here over the weekend. 144 yards of offense uh, for for the Mountaineers in that one. Yikes.
1: Yikes. Yeah. Actually,
0: I take that back, 133 yards of, of total offense for the Mountaineers. And that's a good Oklahoma State defense. And, you know, to, to, to West Virginia's credit, got to be fair, I mean, they held Oklahoma State to under 300 yards. But, I mean, anemic doesn't quite describe the, the West Virginia offense uh, that day. And you know, K-State's defense has started to play a little bit better. Now,
1: granted, maybe the schedule is soft enough. And not to toot our own horn, but you got to be fair. We said that, you know, it, it's hard to, after that three-game stretch, everyone was really down on the defense. That, oh, this defense is terrible. Um, you know, Klanderman, this, this new-fangled defensive working. Not, it's not working. We don't have the horses. We really miss Khalid Duke, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, it We were, I think we were pretty sober there, and we said, Listen, we faced some pretty good offenses. And we have to remember that our sample isn't exactly against your average Big 12 offense. It's against a Mike Gundy uh, offense, which are typically pretty strong. It's against Lincoln Riley, and it's against uh, an Iowa State offense that can.
0: That's probably the most experienced offense in in, in the Big 12. And
1: they have a lot of good tools there. Yeah. Um, No question. And so. Since then we faced a bad Texas Tech offense, a pretty darn bad TCU offense, although they got some tools too, but we were able to do Well,
0: thankfully them. we they might have been playing the wrong quarterback against Well, us.
1: they played that uh what's Yeah, they name? did. They did. Yeah. But, but you know, not, a full, not a full not a full week. But uh nonetheless, we've faced some uh offenses that aren't quite at the top of the conference, and all of a sudden, boy, our defense is figuring it out. Clayton must have got those guys. Sometimes you, we just don't think it,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, oh, wait, we're playing against the best offices in the league. Well, maybe our defense isn't maybe super good.
1: Our but secondary's terrible against Oklahoma's offense, and we can't contain anything. Well, Yeah, yeah Oklahoma's offense is pretty good. Yeah, it sure is. Um, and it so, sure is. But this West Virginia offense, I think, is more in line with the last three teams we've yeah. played than the first three teams that we played in conference. We're... You know, they, they can do some things. they got some good athletes. Dagi's starting to have, have build quite a track record under his belt. Um, yeah. But it's not an offense that I think strikes fear into, or at least should strike fear into this K-State defense in terms of having the sort of athletes and schemes that they faced in the first three.
0: You know, I'll be interested to see what West Virginia does to the quarterback position, whether if it is Dagey or if it's Garrett Green. Garrett Green, of course, a much more dynamic runner. Deggy's a little bit more of a of a uh, you know pocket passer. But, you know, with West Virginia, I think you, obviously they, they're they're sitting here at four wins. They have a, they're facing an uphill climb to get to a bowl game. I'd say it's odds are they are probably not gonna go to the game, but they still do have KU on the schedule, so you can kind of count that one as one in the bag. No guarantees, of course but they need to find a way to win one other game right to get to uh, to get to a bowl game and their schedule isn't exactly, you know they've got a lot of work to do i guess i should say they 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 get texas at, at home which can be a, be a win for them but if i'm west virginia i think i might try to look for um for a quarterback switch here and uh, and maybe get get Day out of, out of the uh, out of the starting quarterback position, and uh, move in Green there because I think he brings a little bit more dynamic, you know, element to that. I, and like I said, I I have seen West Virginia unfortunately for for my I guess <laughs> I've uh, seen
1: West Virginia unfortunately. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, what I was gonna say is unfortunately, well, unfortunately for me, it was the two worst games that they played all season. Yeah. So maybe I'm the jinx. Uh, that that well, uh, tune in on Saturday. I, I really. will be tuned in, of course. But you know, gosh, they. Uh, this is a team that really that they need to get kind of back to to what uh, what they've really kind of done well under Neil Brown. That's really running the ball with Letty Brown. He's not quite had. Letty Brown was a guy that I was pretty high on coming <laughs> into the season as a running back. Yeah, and he hasn't quite had that type of season. Season running for just a little over 4.4 uh, 4 yards a carry, you know, a, a good running back and a guy that probably would benefit from having Garrett Green back there with him uh, as somebody that can also be a threat running the ball. But, you know, really when I look at this West Virginia team, I think offensively, you know, obviously last week getting 133 yards of total offense in offense, you're, you know, through uh, their first nine games, uh, one that's still looking for an identity.
1: Yeah, you don't really know what they're, they're trying to do. Of course, Neil Brown's famous for his kind of quick drop back. Uh, yeah, the air that, raid. That, that sort know. of Texas Tech yeah. thing that, that we saw. Um, and they don't quite have the personnel to do it, uh, I don't think, uh, with uh, Daigie back there. And they have... Somebody at the running back spot that I think is a pretty good running back, but he just hasn't really been able to do much this season. I mean, he's had, um, shoot, uh, one, two, three games this season of under 45 yards. Um, now, granted, one of those was against um, non-conference foe Long Island. Long Island. But he had 15 carries that game and, and only had 31 yards. So, kind of strange there. He, he put up 44 against Baylor in that drubbing. Had 10 carries for 24 yards last week against Oklahoma State. But against Virginia Tech, he goes 19 carries for 160. Against TCU, he goes 24 carries for 111. So there have been some games where they've been pretty effective running the football with Letty Brown. But he's just not that quite dependable enough yet to uh, to be able to rely on um, for 100 yards week in, week out. You know,
0: I'm looking here at at uh, Dage's stats. He throws the ball roughly 30 times a game. He's, he's thrown the ball 277 times this season. Yeah, how many times has he been sacked? How
1: many? 22.
0: It's a lot. I mean, that's, you know, you're looking at nine games. I mean, he's getting sacked two and a half times a game, essentially. I mean, and uh, you know who might be in the backfield uh, a little bit on, on Saturday?
1: Spencer Trussell.
0: And maybe number ninety one. Oh yeah, he might, he might get back there. Yeah, yeah, Felix might King have a good So, if, if, if and and much more of that that prototypical, you know, pocket style quarterback, um, that's where K State's had a lot of success yeah. this year. Not really so much the dual threat. So I'm telling you, if if uh, Neil Brown's listening to this, and I I'm sure I I I promise you he is. Uh, yeah, maybe Garrett, Garrett Green might be the better choice for the Mountaineers at quarterback on Saturday. You know,
1: anything else that kind of sticks out to you uh, on this West Virginia, at least on the offensive side of the ball? No, Uh. well, yeah, I want I think it's worth kind of emphasizing the point you just made a little bit, because think of the pocket passers, K-State, the, the guys yeah. who aren't super mobile. Yeah. Yeah. had the guy from Stanford. Yeah, well, uh, it didn't,
0: yeah, both of those guys. Uh, McKee a little bit more mobile, but... You know, not exactly. Yeah, a, the non McKee one,
1: I forget his name. Uh um, West. Jack West. Yeah. Yeah. Statue back there. Yeah. K State ate his lunch. Um, and then you had Carson Strong. I think K State's defense played pretty well against Yeah,
0: and, and now that's a that's a cut above in terms of kinda of some of the other quarterbacks who sure. played. But yeah, I thought K State acquitted themselves well. I mean he's gonna make some throws. I mean that's just the way it is.
1: Uh Spencer Sanders, rough day in Spencer Sanders. Um Spencer Adler. Kind of a rough day against Spencer. Oh, Rock, yeah. Right, rough
0: day against him. Brock Purdy, uh, you know. Those... Brock
1: Purdy, but at Texas Tech, um, Henry Columbia ate his lunch. Uh, Texas Christian. You know the story there. Maxwell. Duggan ate his lunch. Yeah. And then on Saturday, it was comedy bears. But all that to say is, K-State's defense has typically, you know, this season, fared a lot better against statues back there in the pocket. And... Uh, if, if Jared Dagey is who they're rolling with, um, then that that seems to me to be pretty good news for K-State's defense. And if they're going to go with the young gun, then all of a sudden this guy's playing a uh, making his first career start on the road uh, in an 11 a.m. contest against a defense that's been playing pretty well lately. So um, that's certainly not... Uh, I, I don't think either option is... One, you love to see if you're a Western Virginia Mountaineers fan. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And, you know, the problem,
0: too, with West Virginia under Neil Brown, it, well, I shouldn't say the pro. Well, it is a problem for us is they've had our number. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a chance for K-State where, you know, K-State's a, a seven point, or six and a half, seven point favorite in this ball game. And, you know, this is an opportunity, I think, for K-State to really, well, one, get on the right side of things against West Virginia, a team that they probably feel like they should have beat back in uh, 2019 for sure. And, you know, we probably had a chance to beat last year, but maybe that was a little bit more smoke and mirrors. But I, I look at what K-State uh, brings to the table, and I have to really
1: think that uh, they're the better team in this one. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, I think that this is one that uh, – it's certainly, I, I don't expect it to be a cakewalk for K-State because West Virginia has shown, especially against that Iowa State team, that they can rise up and, and play good physical football for, for four quarters. Now, on the other hand, I agree with you. I, I do think K-State's the better team and, and really should uh, come out on top on Saturday.
0: So let, let, we've talked a little bit about West Virginia offensively. Let's talk about them defensively here. Um, in terms of where they kind of find themselves here in the Big Twelve, very similar profile defensively to K State. Both, you know, pretty solid in terms of in terms of uh, you know what they allow on the ground. K State uh, allowing 117 yards a game on the ground. Uh, West Virginia at 122. You know, through the air, uh, K State allowing 223 yards a game, which is third best in the conference. West Virginia. 233 so two actually kind of similar defenses yeah. and uh, you know two with with West Virginia back in the in the old days uh, with Rich Rodriguez they were around that 335 uh, which you see then uh, not so much uh, necessarily these days I don't believe but uh, you know two defenses pretty stingy uh, not maybe the best defenses in the conference but certainly in the upper middle class, maybe, uh, of defenses. Uh, you know, kind of jockeying there in that kind of uh, that middle class of the Big 12. I think that this game is simple in what it comes down to. What, two things. K-State's got the edge of the quarterback position. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that.
1: And, and that's probably the biggest variance from last year. Oh, um, yeah, 100%, 100%. I think where, where West Virginia, of course, wins by 27, really dominates today with oh, yeah. Howard with three interceptions, yeah. and, and the K-State offense just couldn't really get moving and put the defense in some no tough spots. No
0: question. But K-State's got the better quarterback, and I think defense, and I think really the story of the game uh, for West Virginia is I'm sure they're going to do what, what about every, <laughs> every other defense tries to do against K-State, and that's target Deuce Vaughn and, and keep him uh, under wraps. Now, I think K-State's in a much better situation to take advantage of that with having, you know, a, play, uh, a you know, a six-year senior at the quarterback position that is really playing some of his best football of his career in terms of yeah. just playing clean, steady Eddie, and, and having an pretty efficient. Yeah. So, I think, barring, honestly, barring K-State's in a situation where they're minus two in the turnover battle, I think this game K-State wins, and... I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a, a, a multiple score, you know, like a, a three touchdown win or a three possession win necessarily, but I think K State's the better team here. Being at home is another benefit for K State, but this is for for uh, one thing too. I, I'm glad we don't have both of the Stills brothers uh, there for the them. Them Stills guys. boys, them man. Stills boys, they are they don't mess around. Yeah. Uh, now the one thing I wanted to mention too about West Virginia. They uh they come in here with a a winning streak over Case State. Let's let's go back here. I'm kind of going. I'm kind of going in, in reverse order here. One last year. One in 2019. Uh, one in 2018. One in 2017. So they're on a, a one in 2016. They're on a nice winning streak. Over us. yeah. I mean what? So that's a that's a six game winning streak. For the Mountaineers, the last time we beat them would have been in twenty fifteen.
1: So five games, five games. So
0: they yeah. they they have a chance to make it six in a row against the Wildcats, and this is a team that K State, when when once West Virginia got in the conference, K State handled them easily. Yeah, and uh, the shoe's been on the other foot, so an opportunity for K State to uh, to kind of correct that. Uh, but you know that probably gives West Virginia some confidence coming in this game. Well, I mean, it's a, it's the a team
1: there that everybody on this team only knows winning against. Yeah. Um, now, granted, um, I, I think last year a bit of a, yeah, throw bit of that a fluke. Out. Yeah. But uh, I think in that streak, I, I do think that this is the best team that West Virginia will have faced um, since then. I think this is certainly the most complete K-State offense will have faced since then. And, and that's kind of the benefit of, of what we've discussed, where it's focusing on Deuce Vaughn at your own risk, because Skylar Thompson has proven at this point that that's not always the uh, the best bet because this KC passing attack is, is more than capable of, of eating up yards. Um, and if you want to just sit back and play assignment sound base football then welcome to Deuce Vaughn. Yep. Um, and, th- and that's the pick your poison nature of this Cordy Messingham offense that I've really liked. But and then on defense, yeah, no. So I, th- I think that this is the most complete team that K-State or that West Virginia will have faced uh, At least when they come, good, into, yeah. come into Manhattan uh, since shoot 2014, I suppose. 2013, we just laid it on yeah,
0: them. Yeah. And then 2014, we won a tough one in Morgantown, of
1: course. Yeah, yes. but I'm saying that this, I think this... Oh, yeah. Right I'm, now, I'm Hunter. comfortable saying that this is the best K-State team. And we'll, we'll see how it plays out the rest of the way. But, yeah. uh, but I do think that at this point in the season, this, I think, is our best team since 2014.
0: I agree. I agree 100%. I, 2016 might have an argument. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, that at, when West Virginia played that K-State team in 2016, they that, that 2016 team wasn't quite there yet offensively. They kind of found it a little bit later in the season. Yeah. But, but, and that was really more with the emergence of Alex Barnes in that season. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's get to a pick, D. D. Lou, what do we think? Just
1: D-, D. D? You're D. D-, D- L- you're, you're not D. D- I'm, I'm D. You're D. Yeah. You're D. Louie. D. L. Louie. D. L. Louie. So what what's it going to be today, big cat? What do we think, huh? I smell, you know, I think the odds makers, we, we thought the odds makers were uh, shortchanged in us hey, last by week, the so way, by the way, dude, like,
0: my picks lately of K-State games have like been on the money.
1: Yeah, what did you pick
0: last week? Forty-one ten. 41-10. So I nailed KU's score, yeah, and I was pretty six points club. off on, on the cats uh, against TCU. No one else was saying that K State wins this game by multiple scores by three scores. I was, I was saying that. I think we were both saying that. Yeah, we we're we are we we were the only ones that had the guts
1: to say that. We were a little we were a little uh a little overzealous on the cats this week, but we didn't account for pace, um, and we should have, and that's that's our bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this week I think the odds makers are pretty close. I I. I'd, yeah, so K-State's,
0: K-State's uh, six and a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And, you know, for a team that, like they, like, I, like we've documented, that is, has really struggled against West Virginia, I mean, giving them a touchdown is... I was a little surprised yeah. by the line.
1: I, I think We were we guessing were, three, I think, Yeah, right? I think I guessed yeah. between three and six. And yeah. it, was, it was a little taller than that. Uh, at this point, I, I think uh, my guess is somewhere between seven and ten is probably where I feel comfortable with. Maybe a little more. But um, I'll say K State wins this one by a touchdown, uh, thirty-one to twenty-four. Okay, that's that's kind of right in the ballpark of what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. We're always kind of on the same wavelength
0: here. I'm going K State in this game, thirty-one to twenty. Okay, I think enough plays in the passing game um, w- with uh, Skylar Thompson and really like like we we mentioned his decision making has been really really strong this season. you expect that from a six-year quarterback. There's a throw against TCU towards the sideline. Yeah, maybe he'd like to have that one back. Yeah. But uh, all things considered... He's finding the right guy to throw to. Being a very judicious with the ball. And, you know, unless K-State has some real issues at the quarterback position uh, in terms of turning the ball over and, and having some... What would be at this point in the season, would be very uncharacteristic of Skylar Thompson. I uh, I think K State, uh, you know, wins this one, you know, pretty comfortably. Really, in this in in this matchup, the one thing I, I am a little bit worried about is uh, with West Virginia with that mobile quarterback. If uh, depending on what Neil Brown decides to do, if, if you have to remember. Um, I believe it was Austin Kendall was the quarterback. Yes, uh, for the uh, the Mountaineers, the 2019 contest, uh, 2018. Oh. Er, tw- no, 2019. Excuse me, you're you're absolutely right. In the 2019 contest, and then uh, uh, Neil Brown makes a switch and goes to Jared Degey, and the rest has been kind of history uh, for the Mountaineers uh, at that quarterback position. Dagie's logged most of the most of the starts there, and uh, that was a big upset win for the for the Mountaineers in Manhattan. Uh, you wonder maybe if some of that might be coming back in into Neil Brown's mind in terms of what he does at the quarterback position
1: on Saturday. Time is a flat circle, my man. I'm telling you, there's some parallels, my brother. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see. So, so you say thirty-one to twenty. Thirty-one twenty. I cats. say thirty-one twenty-four. We're a little different on the West Virginia number. Uh, but we're both dead certain about K-State scoring precisely thirty-one points. Yeah, that's right. Um. Twenty-eight coming via touchdowns, and three coming via um, our new kicker, Chris Tennant. Chris Tennant, folks. We we're big Chris Tennant guys. I I tell you, when the, the first time I saw him kick a ball, he reminded me of Gabe Burkich. He
0: sent it to the moon. He, he kicks it so high, it's unbelievable. It's. I I wonder if um, I wonder if you might. I wonder what his range actually
1: is. I think it's probably between. Gosh, if I had to guess, I'd say like hit, where, 70 to 80. 70 to 80 yards? Yeah. With, with
0: the wind in his face? Uh, calm wind. Calm wind. Calm wind. Oh, well, hey, I like it. I yeah. like it. D'Loom, you know, I think that uh, we look at this game similarly. We're, we're both seeing the Cats roll here. Uh, I think this will be a great step. And I want to kind of just talk here real quick. With K-State's final three games on the schedule, West Virginia, uh, Baylor, and Texas— these final three games of the season kind of feel important for what the pr- trajectory uh, of this uh, of K State under Chris Kleiman feels like these feel these three games I mean of course you've, you've checked off the the bowl eligible checkbox at this point but this really feels like a great opportunity for this program to continue to build forward and really have what could be a really nice nice season for the Wildcats
1: yeah I mean these last three games I th- I think um... I think this is probably the last game K-State's the favorite yep, in, that's in the probably, regular season. I think they,
0: they may be favored against Baylor if, you know... D- depending on what happens. Yeah. But
1: today, I think they'd be... Be a slight dog. Probably, yeah. Somewhere... Four points. Yeah. I would say closer to seven, maybe. Maybe. Um, but regardless, certainly none of these games looks like um, there will be bigger uh, spreads than ten. Uh, maybe Texas is slightly over ten, but... Uh, Certainly three winnable games, three games that K-State could certainly lose too. I I don't think any of these is a slam dunk. And so this will kind of, if K-State can win these three games, just sweep them out, uh, it feels like that would be an enormous step for this program to take. Yeah, well,
0: it's kind of fun, really, with this season. I mean, we've already clinched bowl eligible, and now we're just kind of playing for... Jockeying for bowl position yeah. and trying to improve, you know, uh, kind of our our um, our rank in the pecking order, so to speak, for for maybe getting to go to a, a higher tier bowl game, whether if it's down in Orlando, I believe that's the Cheez-It Bowl now. Okay, they keep changing these things.
1: It's it just, makes it really hard to tell what's what. Yeah, it does. It's so confusing. Yeah, I'm a little simple minded. It hurts my
0: head. Yeah, I just give you
1: the Alamo, the inside, the cotton and uh holiday. Yeah. I mean, that's that pecking order I'm very familiar yes,
0: with. Yes. That that I'm that I'm good with. Fiesta Cotton but Alamo. You know, so the Texas Bowl which is one of the, you know, like maybe the third or fourth fourth or fifth on the pecking order. You know when that bowl game is? When? It's January 4th.
1: Is it's it competing ap- with the national championship? No,
0: well, it's the last game before the national title, I think. Jeez. It's the
1: second to last game of the season. By the time, by that time, everybody's got bowl fatigue already. Well,
0: and it's just like it's on like a random, like it's like a Wednesday or Tuesday night. It's just an odd.
1: That's ridiculous. I,
0: I, it's way too late to be like the the final three games of the college football season should be the two semifinal games and then the national title game. Like yeah, that that should be it. Yeah, like, I agree. That like that's, that's it. We don't need any sprinkling in. I mean, come on. Let's be, let's let's use our be serious. Here. Let's use our needles here. All right, so the Cats roll against West Virginia. Yep, We're moving they to four the in a row. Yep. And uh, Dilu, do you you want to take a quick break or are you ready to fire away? On <laughs> I'm ready to fire away, bro. Well, Dilu, the floor is yours.
1: All right, folks, we are going to get into our next segment, a segment on the show we call This Week's Wildcat Legend. An icon, this week's Wildcat Legend hails from Hutchinson, Kansas. Got it. Who?
0: Yeah, well, I, I wasn't seeing that in terms of, I was <laughs> saying, like, I, I love it. You're a lot so, of people. No, now, I, I, have, I have some guesses possibly, but
1: continue. He was a two-year letter winner at Halstead in high school. Hmm. And he was the, played in the final year there under coach Jason Greider. Hmm. He holds the record for the longest field goal made in school history. 40... It doesn't say... I don't know how long that field goal is, by the way.
0: They're still... They're still majoring it, possibly. (laughs) You know? They're they're, they're getting the tape major strung out.
1: That feels like an oversight. Yeah. Um, He also lettered in high school in soccer and basketball. Averaged 42 yards per punt. Okay. He attended Butler Community College. There he was a punter. He punted 49 times for 38.7 yards. Um... As a sophomore, and got second team all conference honors. Did a great job punting the ball that year. Helped the Grizzlies earn a ten and three record, and won the Midwest Classic Bowl with the Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, any thoughts of
0: so I've got to narrow it narrowed down between about two people. I, I'm just I need one hit on the K like from his time at K State.
1: Okay, let's see. K State, he played. Uh, he saw action in five games at K State. He uh finished uh well <laughs> yeah, he finished his career seven of nine. Uh, field goals? Yeah. Pretty okay. good clip. Man, this is uh, tough. He had two field goals against Oklahoma State. His high. His long field goal of the of his career was forty-five yards. Um Finish the season, let's see, 7, 11, 14, 17, 16, 15 of 16 from extra points.
0: Okay. I think I might have an idea here. Who? Did he wear maybe the same number as a former Wildcat, great right, that we maybe have mentioned here on, on this edition of the Short Side Podcast? The Short side Option Podcast? Perhaps. Is it Ian Patterson?
1: No, it's not.
0: Oh.
1: That I, I think that's the first time you've ever gotten a Wildcat Legend wrong.
0: Well, maybe my legendary status is, or my iconic status is, is slipping. d Lou, tell us who it is.
1: I'll give you one final hint. Okay. He's the son of Gary and Candace Winkle. We're getting right into it. <laughs> We're getting right into it. Bust wow. off the door. I I did By not, God, that's Tatan Winkle's
0: music. I did not figure this into the calculus for my for my uh for my guess.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Tate and Winkle. Uh you know, he we barely knew ye. Uh like I said, seven of nine, um twenty two of twenty three on extra points, excuse me. I said fifteen of sixteen. Uh, and had a 45 yarder against Oklahoma State, and that field goal against Oklahoma State that was pretty impressive. Was that the one right before the half? Yeah, it was right, um, before, right before half. Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean that that was a it was a rough half for K State, but gave us a little bit of momentum. 31 13 going into the locker room after drilling uh, a long field goal. It was probably one of the brightest spots of the first half for K State. Um. Got a field goal against Texas Tech. It was a bit of a little chip shot there, but K State certainly needed every point. Every point was was needed for sure. Um, Had a a rough game against Iowa State, um, but you know he he had two against Oklahoma State, had one against Nevada, had one against Oklahoma, um, and was overall a fairly solid kicker for K State outside the uh, Iowa State contest. But um, gosh, a, a guy that. You know we're we're sorry to see go. Um, certainly, uh, he was actually a junior this year.
0: Okay, so he's maybe a little bit further along.
1: Yeah, he he could have kicked next year for us, and if uh, if he was able to rehab, but wasn't able to. But uh, nonetheless, uh, like I said, a, a guy we're sorry to see depart uh, from the football team, but certainly somebody that we'll all remember um, fondly. Fond, yeah, absolutely. For giving us uh, twenty-one points on on nine field goal attempts. So yeah. Uh, and then 22 more points on 23 attempts uh, from PAT range. And so, with all that said, the junior, the man from Halstead, Kansas, I believe I said Hutchinson earlier. Yeah, that right? that also kind of threw me off, too. Would Halstead have been a slam dunk? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it would have been. But it's for that reason the hero of Halstead, Tate Winkle, is this week's Wildcat legend and icon. Yes,
0: Stealu. You, you know, hey, best of luck to Tate and Winkle and whatever he decides to do. Uh, we'll be pulling for
1: him. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, absolutely we're, no we're Van Winkle boys here on the uh, on the short side uh, option. Oh, mo- most assuredly. Um, I can, We're gonna get into our final segment on the show. Let's, let's fire away. Deal? What do you got for me? Uh, we're gonna get into a segment uh, here on the short side option that we call Ask the Icon where listeners of the Short side Option can ask the Short side Option's very own Chris the Icon Sork a question, and he will answer it. Yeah, and you know, I
0: I, I kind of just fired away right today uh, on on uh, the prompt on Twitter. I said, guys, this is a great opportunity you have in front of yourself to ask the Icon a question. He'll answer it. Yes, he will. And this is your opportunity to do it. So take heed
1: of this. Take heed. And do heed. it. Okay? All who enter, ask the Icon. That's right. Um, And listeners can submit those questions to the Short Side Options, Chris the Icon, at our Twitter account, at tsso underscore podcast, or of course using the uh, hashtag that's gone viral and is really an international hit, and that's uh, the hashtag Ask the Icon. Um, Or if you happen to write for a newspaper, you can, um, you know, insert some codes into your articles. Maybe start maybe start capitalizing odd letters that don't make any yeah. sense and icon he's a avid reader and he'll he's a got an eagle eye there too and, and he'll spot out those codes and, yeah i love studying codes yeah he'll write them down it's beautiful mind stuff over here yeah and so uh, all the
0: all the windows here in the short side option studio have chalk scribblings all
1: over them yeah, in newspaper. This place is a mess. I'm hallucinating. <laughs> That's a disaster. It's, it's, Get a it, hold it, of yourself.
0: I know it's crazy, but but hey, only three more games left of the regular season. You know, K State's going to be playing in in um in in December or possibly January. That coffee pot's on, baby.
1: Oh yeah. Uh. Well, nonetheless, all our questions this week came via Twitter. Uh, nothing more exotic than that. The first one comes from a friend, A S Manis at A S Manus on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. He's at, if he's asked a question before, it's been a long time, but it's good to see ASB Yeah, it's, it's good to see him getting back in the fold here. Asking the icon. And he asks, what is your favorite memory from Kansas State's 2009 season? 2009 season easy for me. The block, well, it's against, Ohio, be, block
0: against Iowa I State. I was going
1: to say, it's got to be one or the other. And I, I, it's either that or the KU game.
0: Oh, yeah. you know that I'll see a singular moment. Yes. The block against Iowa State. Game of course the two thousand nine k, k State game we've talked about that game at at, at great length. Uh, that game is, is a uh, it's really kind of the um, you can kind of look at that as a, a time for where K State really was able to get a big uh, monkey off their back, stopping a three game losing streak uh, to the Hawks and uh, and getting things turned around and and it was a kind of normalcy uh, coming back into the fold here. Uh, with the legend on the sideline.
1: uh, Yeah. You know, some people call it the Emmanuel Lemur block game. I call it the red alert of Mark Brown Yeah, game.
0: Grant Gregory. Out, and he also threw a dime to, uh, well, not it wasn't quite necessarily maybe a dime, but it was a, a nice long touchdown pass to Brandon Banks there in that game too.
1: Yeah, no, that was a fun game. That was, that a, was a good game. That was another game I stayed up all night before just because I was so excited for Farm again. You, you <laughs> the battle between two really you, kinda
0: and you were just ready to drive your tractor there.
1: Yeah, it was great. Uh a great question there from Mr. Manis. Uh next question comes from boy, this guy's a Hall of Fame question answer at K S U underscore funny. Yeah, you know, he's always in the thirties He's always popping in there. He's always bringing the heat. Um he asks uh uh he has two questions this week. Oh, double dipping. Double dipping. The KSU funny double play. He asks, "Has the playoff made college football worse?" Oh, a hundred percent. It's terrible. Exactly. I
0: hate. I hate the. I hate the playoffs.
1: So I've heard this. Oh, well, here, disgust- here's what I should say. Go ahead. Go ahead. So say I've it. heard it kind of framed it this way because theoretically, including more pe including more teams in the mix to have a shot yeah, at the national that's championship. Fine. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, I've heard critics argue that it devalues everything else. Um, you are. Kind of shaking your head and, and this not devaluing. So then, what's your beef with the college? My, football well, so up? my
0: biggest beef is two things. One, it, it, one I don't necessarily. I, 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 am backtracking. I don't necessarily hate the college football playoff. I hate the selection committee. I think it's a joke.
1: I agree that the um, the spectacle of it, which they are just, it's just a it, it's shameless it, marketing ploy. Yeah, I mean, it is. let's call it what it is. It, let's just be fair. Let's just
0: call it exactly how it is.
1: You know what? We already had a, B, a, a selection
0: yeah. process. It was called the BCS. Bring back the BCS. Expand the playoff to eight teams.
1: But you know what? The BCS doesn't make for as much compelling television. No. Nope, you know it why? Because it's the same logic every single week. Yeah. And it's it's I'm, consistent. It's relatively predictable. Yeah. Um, I can figure it out. I mean, all you have
0: to do is you have all the the, the formula is not complicated. It's. You take the matrix of like, what is it? Like five or, or it's like seven or eight different uh, computer rankings. Yes. That's one third. Coaches poll. Also a third. The Harris poll. Also a third. Doo-doo-roop. There's your ranking. Yeah. it's
1: Anyone can figure it out. And it's maybe not, there's room to criticize it, but at least it's logical. And by yeah. that, I mean, it's, you can follow it. It's predictable. Yeah. One step to the next. Yeah. Um, the, like, playoff committee. I I get so worn out It's totally just there to stir up controversy. And it's... There's not really any good reason to have this spectacle other than people watch it. And maybe that's all the reason you need. But do
0: people really... I mean, people don't really watch the show. I don't know. Maybe they do. But people people chat about it all week. And and it's... And and we're doing it right here. Yeah. But it's... They're letting it... They're getting what they want.
1: But it's... It's... It's a joke. I it mean, it's joke. it's it stupid. irritates
0: me to know it. And I'll tell you one thing: if it's gonna be if it's some variation of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma in the playoff, I won't
1: watch. I don't watch. Period. I watch K State and Big Twelve. football. I, I will not watch it. Yeah.
0: Um. And I'm not saying that to be like, you know, in 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 being in the spirit of hyperbole. I I I will not watch it. It's not because I'm like taking this moral stance it's just I'm worn out of watching these teams play every year the same things every year
1: well and it's just like I don't know I I, I just think that I just think that it's um, there's there's no real logic to it it's just kind of at the whims of some people in a room who get yeah and,
0: and so Gene Taylor's on the playoff committee yeah why he's an athletic director that he doesn't I mean, what's he doing on Saturday? He's at the K-State game.
1: He's, he's glad-handing
0: donors. He's doing stuff. He's not watching, you
1: know, the, the Michigan State-Michigan game. To, he's not glued to the UTSA-UTEP uh, game. Yeah. Uh, and
0: Nor should he be.
1: Right. He's got other stuff to do.
0: And it's but like, you know who
1: does watch all those games? You know, no human watches every single game once. You know who does? Computers. Yeah. And they're able to... Value schedules and it's at least it logical. Like college it,
0: football has never been able to really crown a champion in in, in, a, in a style of that has not been controversial.
1: There's too many teams and not enough games. That's the yep. problem. That's a, that and, that really
0: is the issue. And the way yeah.
1: that college basketball deals with that is, guess what? Every conference gets a chance. Yeah. If you win your conference, you're in. There's there's no scenario ever where you could go undefeated and not where you could win all your games and not be crowned. The champion at the yep. end of the season, but in college football, happens all the time.
0: Yeah, in college football, unless you're one of sixty teams, so the other seventy teams in college football, you could win all your games, but you're not playing for a national title.
1: So, to some degree, it's always subjective. Yeah, um, but to the degree we can remove that subjectivity, i.e., remove some guys in the in some room or on Zoom. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Talking it's... about well, gosh, you know, UTSA's schedule just quite hasn't quite impressed me. But, uh, gosh, Texas A&M, they 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 look pretty. It's all just throwing noodles at the wall. And I
0: would love to hear actually what these conversations sound like.
1: I, I'm sure it's filled with things like, well, they have X number of top 15 wins, and this team has. X. It's just stupid. Arbitrary benchmarks. I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah, it's a joke. Um, so, great question. You're right. It, it has caused. Uh, it, the sport's probably
0: better off because th- there's more discussion about it and you, you do expand it to more than just two teams, but I, I just don't like it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, but uh, if it was up to me, it would have been an 18 playoff and they would have either used the criteria that I think would have been probably somewhat fair, and I think would be probably, yeah maybe not universally agreed upon, but I think would be used, or I think it would be viewed as a pretty decent uh, concession. Eight teams, the BCS takes the top eight. Or, you have five conference championships uh, of the Power Five, you get one group of five champion, uh, and they're the highest ranked of that, there's your six, and then you have two wild cards if you want to.
1: 12. 10 conference champions, two at large. Yeah, that's fine too. Um, Be an upgrade over what they have now, for sure. No question about it. Uh, second question from KSU Funny asks Who would win a fight between a full size grizzly bear and a full size silverback gorilla? Oh, gorilla. Oh. Grizzly bears are pretty big.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to. Well,
1: how much do gorillas weigh? Uh, I think that's a good question. Let's just not do any research on this, and let's kind of yeah. Let's just
0: bed. fire away here. I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to let the. I'm gonna
1: give the edge to the uh, the bear. I think he's got claws. The gorilla's kind of scarier
0: though. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've seen King Kong before.
1: Well, this isn't King Kong. Well, he's a gorilla. Check, <laughs> mates. All right. Well, we put this one to bed. All right, that one's that
0: was that was that one's handled.
1: Uh, so that you're welcome. KSR's Give me the gorilla. Thirty three. <laughs> We're talking about the gorilla. Give me the gorilla. Um. So our final question this week comes from right. David Saban at Sabanation. Uh, and he do, fires away. He fires away here on short side option on Ask the Icon. He says, "Hey Icon, maybe that should be the name of this segment." Hey Icon. <laughs> Our next item on the show, A. Icon. It's me, D. Sabin. Um,
0: <laughs> <D. Saban. laughs>
1: Um Saban asks, Hey, Icon, have you made it to the beer gardens at Bill Snyder Family Stadium yet?
0: If so, what are your thoughts? You know, I have made it to the one that was like the, I guess the OG beer garden, the one on the, like the west side that's like right up. Kind of, a, out of
1: the t- attached to Fort Snyder.
0: Yeah. Exactly on the on the west side by the press box. I've gone up to that one before, and that's okay. Like if you're wanting to get into the game a little bit early, and like you want maybe to meet up with some people, like you know there. But man, I'm telling you what the lines
1: that you run into. Well, are. this is it's funny you bring that up because yeah, uh, because like
0: so the other beer garden, the impromptu, like like you can't the one on the in the southeast corner, which is right where uh, our you know me and my folks have our tickets at.
1: And, Back uh, where the uh, the kettle corn used to be. Yes,
0: precisely. It what still is there. Oh, my, really? Yes. My my dad always brings my wife uh, a uh, a bag of kettle corn. He he knows how much she loves it. Does she house the whole bag? Those she are had, big bags. Well, those are big bags, and uh, you know we all share it. But I think uh, I think Sarah has probably the uh, big dog in Madison. The uh, she has probably the. Uh, the appetite for a whole bag of popcorn. Really? I think it, get her uh, going. Yeah,
1: you know, pop, it's great popcorn.
0: Yeah. Now my, I have my druthers. Give me a turkey leg.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are kind of a turkey. <laughs>
0: you know, D, D Lou, come on, man. Uh,
1: but well, he, let me let me interrupt. Oh, we, we got we got. Saban says the lines are so long whenever I try to go. Yeah. I and he says I assume it's because everyone's trying to get their hands on some Manhattan brew. You can blame them. Most
0: definitely. You know, the, but the thing is, though, it, it's it's kind of a bad setup because, like, you've got all those over there in in
1: that southeast corner. You can't see the game. Well, I think that's on purpose. It has to be. Why? I don't know. I, I, I can't, well, it can't be like that. Guys, it, it can't okay. be unintentional here, that here, all here, the beer gardens are in spots where you have no view of what's happening. No, it's
0: not by accident. Probably, like they say, we want you in your seat. But people love drinking beer. <laughs> love drinking beer. They love it. I love beer. Still love beer. I still love beer. Um, you know, I I I wish there's a better way around it. Like, I mean, at least of the at, at the uh, beer garden on by the on the west side. Uh, it's you can't really call it a beer garden. It's just like a couple different like, and neither is this one. It's not really a beer garden. It's like just a beer stand. (laughs) It's just a beer stand that has maybe like some like high top, like kind of like plastic tables that, uh, you just kind of stand around and you can't see anything. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And it's a beer garden. It, it, you call it a garden, you know, like, uh, I don't for, see, I don't see flowers. There's some,
1: there's three or four any, vegetables being grown. There three or four high tops in front of any beer stand and it becomes a beer garden. Guarded. Just, just like
0: that. Just sprinkle some of that magic dust on there and there you go. Yeah. Well, so, but no, I, you know, I haven't, uh, but ever, I, I, I have on the West side. I haven't on, on the Southeast corner, even though it's close to me, I think it was like for the Iowa state game. Like it looked like an absolute zoo. Over there, I mean, like there was, there were people standing in in a line, forty people deep, to try to get into it, not buy a beer, just to get into it. Yeah, I'm like, this
1: is, this is, this is ridiculous, silly.
0: No one should be doing that. But hey,
1: that's that's not my decision. It's like a Tubby's bar. It's standing tub, line. Yeah, it's like club tubs. Yeah, but it's in the middle of the game that you paid to be at. Yeah, and I walk. mean,
0: and, and that's the thing too. It's like I just don't, I don't get it. Like God, that, that's only why I
1: can th- go buy expensive, really expensive. Well, and that's
0: why people like the re-entry policy because one, it's like, yeah, i like I would go buy a beer maybe and go back to my seat. I ain't in line for. I mean, if you stand in line, it's gonna be probably a like 30-40 minute wait. Yeah, you know, and, better and
1: I, part of a quarter.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna like I'll just run out to my car, I'll you know, have a beer there and then come back in and save the time and the hassle.
1: It's uh it's an easy uh, problem to solve. So I don't know.
0: I don't know what to tell you there, D Louie. But uh, anyway, is that all we got here in the, That's uh, all we
1: got on uh, for Ask the Icon. Icon, do you have any parting thoughts for our No, listeners? but that's that's your that's your job. Um Joey okay. McGuire. And at Texas Tech. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, I listen to this, like, you know, I, I follow, like, uh, like that Stan and Wyatt, like, the Wildcat podcast or whatever. I didn't know uh,
1: they had one, but they that's do. fantastic.
0: They do. Well, but they get, like, some spam on there. It's like, the Big 12 this week, and it's not spam, but it's like, it's not Wyatt and Stan talking about it. If it was Wyatt and Stan breaking down the entire Big 12, I'd listen to that every week.
1: What about Wyatt and Spam, or it's just uh, a segment of, of uh, Wyatt Thompson <laughs> <laughs> making his favorite Hawaiian dishes every week? <laughs>
0: Sign me up for that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Welcome back to Wyatt and Spam. This week we're grilling a, uh, pineapple. <laughs> a pineapple.
0: It's a spam. It's an macaroni <laughs> salad. This sounds great. Uh, but it's just some rando that's on there, and he just is going down the lot, going talking about the Big Twelve. And he, I I listened to it a little bit because I I just was curious on what it was on my drive back today, uh, from beautiful Omaha, Nebraska, and. Um, he was talking like, you know, for Texas Tech and TCU, this is a chance to really swing, uh, to try to, you know, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, it was just the same tired, you know. These are the two most powerful brands in the conference. I mean, it just makes me want to just drive off the road, honestly. Yeah. Because But and he's just going back. Like, this is their chance to take a swing and become, you know, that consistent top, you know, top team in the conference. And I'm like, I don't really get – the Joey McGuire, being the uh, the new head man at uh, Texas Tech, is really
1: swinging for the fences, but it's that's what it I is. don't think it's the splashiest hire they could make. It could be a great hire. And that doesn't, yeah. I mean, and that's the case with a lot of these coaching hires is that with you and I have talked about it forever that every coaching hire is just a. Crapshoot. I mean, and, and yeah, you try to even guys you, you said, try to make the best bet you can, but nothing's a sure thing. You look at Scott Frost and Lincoln, which look to be about the best bet. You had to hire him. Yeah, a homegrown guy, and, you know. uh, and he's just falling completely on his face. Yeah, he's back for another one though. <sighs> the dreaded vote of confidence. Fire it. You can come back, but it's only a one year contract, and you have to fire all your friends.
0: You will, and it, they did it. Like, why do it now? Like why why well, like, why
1: just why keep him around and make his job a lot harder like it, it well, seems you like know, a really the, mean they practical did the same joke.
0: thing at Michigan with with Jim Harbaugh right you know like this year they there was all the talk that they were gonna fire him last year and then they bring him back on a restructured deal which like lowers his buyout and reduces his base pay so he instead of like eight million dollars he's only scraping by at seven million dollars oh, now poor guy. you know but, but is
1: he having, did he did they make him fire make a bunch of others? I can't remember well, For I sure, just, that's like, a logic I, I just don't quite understand of...
0: Well, he's <laughs> going to be breaking in a brand new offensive set, staff and he'll make a break here.
1: Like a, right. literally, it just old, doesn't, it just, if you're going to keep him around, don't make him fire everybody he knows. Well, it's, it's also too. it's like the athletic director
0: saying, yeah, you know, we think you're you're good enough to be stay here as a coach. I mean, they don't think that he's good enough to be there, but we're going to keep you around as head coach, but you actually have to... Fire the coaches. I'm going to tell you to fire. You don't actually going to make that decision. Yeah, I'm going to tell you who you can fire, and you need to do it today.
1: Actually. And go out and find go out and find people to replace them. Because yeah. you, you just well, have a rolodex. Also, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, and you're also going to have to find a new quarterback for next year. Mm-hmm. And I think, new it's, court, I think new quarterback. Frankly, I, I think that,
1: a, I think it's a play to yeah. restructure. I, and I think that's it. I think yeah, that, it is. It they is. found themselves. Staring down the barrel of a twenty million dollar well, buyout it, or something, And you
0: know, like I, if I was Scott Frost, i I honestly would have been tempted to say, yeah, go ahead, and fire me, pay me twenty million dollars, so I'll be out of here.
1: Yeah, or guess what? Me and my band of losers are gonna bring another <laughs> remember, three wins. Remember, there's like that uh, guy that
0: called into like that Nebraska radio show, like in Omaha. Uh, no, like, let me stop you. No. Well, no, but he, he, I, I know I shared it with you because he called in. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm tired of this coaching staff. Meet a bunch of guys that are a bunch of bums, and just go in the sauna, and give each other back rubs, and share cans of dip together. you, you remember me telling you about this?
1: No, but that's a great. Interview. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was hilarious. I was like, yeah, this is quite the, quite the, t- uh, the caller uh, to call into, you know, AM talk radio. Talk about
1: it. this guy paints a picture.
0: Yeah, these guys are all just, you know, going in there, giving each other back rubs in the sauna, sharing a can of dip. You got any, you got any more of that wintergreen over there, chip? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's quite the visual. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's just a mess. I mean, Nebraska's, I mean, he's a dead man walking. It, the writing's on the wall. It's been on the wall for two
1: years now. So, I haven't been paying too close attention to this Joey McGuire thing. Is he coaching Texas Tech this week? No. Okay, no. He's not he's star- still, but But, like, what, what,
0: what's he doing then? Like, yeah, I'm I'm recruiting for Baylor. No, you no you're not. Yeah, you're the new head coach at Texas Tech.
1: It feels like a pretty awkward like. Well, situation. And also
0: too, like Texas Tech and Baylor are rivals. Yeah. Like it's not like I mean now it's not like, you know UT and a And M or you know Oklahoma, Oklahoma State or anything like that. I mean they're rivals. Like it'd be probably comparing us to Iowa State maybe. Uh, sure. like in terms of like that yeah. kind of ancillary rivalry, but. Um, yeah, just an odd deal. Like, in, I don't understand quite that you had to fire... I mean, we, we talked about firing Matt Wells. That's fine. But if, if you were going to do it, no matter what, at the end of the season, you may as well just go ahead and do it today, Yeah, I guess. Whatever, that's fine. But was there really a race to hire Joey McGuire? And I
1: apparently... Uh, no. But... Yeah, I don't think so. If, uh, I guess if Dave Aranda gets the LSU job or something, then oh, maybe yeah. he becomes... Well. A... You, I guess you try to... That's a lot of dollars that have to I yeah. mean Obviously, the LSU job's
0: open, so that, that's I, the...
1: I don't think... I don't think um, Tech was in danger of losing him anywhere immediately unless TCU was sniffing around or something. Yeah. But I thought that would have been a puzzling hire for TCU. Um, one other thing is, I apparently they gave uh, Joey McGuire, like, they like, yeah, doubled here. his assistant pool. Well, and so... And so if you're Matt Wells, you're like... Oh, that's nice. Good guy. Like, Great. So my quarterback, I'm playing with an my second-string quarterback for basically my entire tenure here. I'm working with half the budget my replacement's working with. Like, Why In I hindsight, guess? in hindsight, I didn't really have much of a chance, did I, Kirby?
0: Yeah, it's odd. And well, one, the Matt Wells hire at Texas Tech was odd to begin with. Yeah, um, Didn't really seem like it made a whole lot of sense. But it, it was almost like they were kind of getting just getting him in there to just have him fail and hire the next guy. Like, do it as quickly as we can, please. Which, <laughs> yeah. why? I don't really get that part either. You so, know,
1: well, Matt Wells is a, you know, multi-millionaire you know, now, he, and So I was going to say, he, it's he's not the worst spot to be he in. Won't,
0: he won't have a problem finding a place to coach at, you know, here as an assistant. Maybe get another chance to be a headman before you know
1: it. He'll go rehabilitate at Alabama as an analyst or something, and then... Go the Tom Herman route and wind up. Speaking of which,
0: be interested to see. Uh, I've heard Tom Herman's name around that Nebraska offensive coordinator position. Why not? <laughs> well, you know, it'll be a spectacular they fire. Can, they they can pay a, him, but it'll, it'll be a spectacular fire in uh, in Lincoln when uh, that that because uh, that this is only going one way. I mean, let's be let's call it like it is.
1: It would be. Uh, the greatest turnaround in college football history at this point is Scott Frost. Is uh,
0: well, I mean, but also too, it's hilarious. You got a program that fired Frank Solage and fired Bo Palin for going nine and three. They're going to keep a coach that went three and nine this year. Yeah. Times are changing. in, yeah. in Lincoln.
1: Yeah, the symmetry. The, yeah, it's it's like I said. The symmetry beyond the symmetry. There's really something to behold. Yeah, we well, have gotten a lot of kind of symmetry. Uh, the signs. Yeah, uh, they, they're they're telling me something. But anyway, that was this week. Dell tells, um, what or what was it? My parting shot. Yeah, your parting Del- shot.
0: But you, yeah, I like Dell tells better.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're all, we you, you
0: tell you, you tell us the what's what. Yeah. You know? you'll fire away on us here.
1: Icon, right. any uh, any final thoughts? You know, um, we got
0: one. So I mentioned the FS one streak. Yeah, three and zero. Everybody's talking about. Next week. I have to say, I've been watching college football for some time now. Yeah, a four thirty kickoff, four thirty Central Time kickoff.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen one of those. Uh, I think somebody forgot to uh, fall back.
0: A four thirty kickoff time, new one for me, folks.
1: So I that's against it. Baylor.
0: I think it's, I think it's neat. Well, it's a, it's essentially a night game. Yeah, I mean it'll the sun will be down. Yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be definitely underneath the uh, or behind the uh, the west uh, the west side press box uh by kick kickoff at 4:30 so we'll see uh, the
1: lights will be on during uh pre Shoot The
0: lights will probably be on about 2 in the afternoon. They'll get them, yeah.
1: they'll get them tuned up. They up get there, those maybe. they get those suckers turned on. It's always nice kind of coming when you're on uh, Kimball Avenue kind of yeah. t- making your way towards the stadium and you see the big lights and you know they're on and you're thinking oh yeah Playing of the lights.
0: Yeah, and that'll be a big game. I mean, Baylor's got a big one this week against the the Sooners. You, you, you know, Baylor has a has a kind of a head-scratching loss to TCU uh down the stockyards. Yeah. And they're going to have a chance to rebound and uh, you know, take on a a team that uh you know, still undefeated with Oklahoma. So, uh be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Yep. Be a very interesting game. Uh, Also, too, don't hate that uh, we get them after that.
1: Yeah, hopefully the uh, Sooners uh, manhandle, or at least inflict a little bit of
0: uh, bumps and bruises. I would just be happier if Baylor beat them by (laughs) thirty. To be a hundred percent honest with you, but yeah, me too. I don't think that's probably an overly likely uh, outcome, but you never know. That's why they play the games, D'Lo. That's right. All right, folks that's gonna do it here for us on this episode of the short side option podcast uh, we'll be back next week uh, maybe talk a little bit of basketball in case they get a big win over Florida am tonight huge win huge win uh, the wildcats rolled to purple on the on the uh, on the hardwood and we look to ro- for them to roll the purple on the gridiron here on Saturday against West Virginia we'll be back to review that game against West Virginia and look ahead uh, to what should be a really kind of a fun matchup with Baylor uh, as it's Senior Day in Manhattan, and it, it's a chance for uh, K-State hopefully to keep this winning streak, uh, you know, continuing to tick on here. So lots of uh, lots of great opportunities here in the last three games of the regular season. Uh, so that'll do it here for us on the Short Side Option Podcast. Thanks for listening, and go Cats!